This is the Full Circle Podcast with 360 Preps. I'm your host, Joshua Hart. We are doing this remotely now. Uh, I've got Meg Wachnick over Skype um, as we're recording this. Um, Big news in Washington State this week is that spring sports are no more in 2020 after Governor Jay Inslee announced schools uh, were not to return in building for the rest of the year and then clarifying with the WIA later that evening that that also meant an end to spring sports. Uh, Meg, just first reactions when you heard this news. You know, it, it's not surprising uh, at all. I think this was this is something that had been in the back of everyone's mind since Governor Inslee uh, mandated that schools statewide would be closed um, through April 24th. Obviously, a lot has happened since then. Um, you know, it's interesting. There was a small sliver of hope small sliver of hope yesterday uh, for about an hour when we didn't really have a clarification whether or not sports would be impacted because um, everyone's, for the most part, um, doing distance online learning. And so Governor Inslee's announcement yesterday stated that buildings would be closed for the rest of the year. But I thought, well, shoot, if his stay-at-home order is lifted May 4th, there might be a small sliver of chance that we would have high school sports, even if it's a, a short, abbreviated, um, regular season. But as you noted, yes, um, a call to, to the governor's office, uh, office by the WIA officially ended what we all knew that was coming. Yeah, it's it's a weird feeling um, I had right off the bat was it was inevitable, you know, like it was clearly written in the, in the cards that this was going to happen. But mm-hmm. when you finally get that news of like, hey, this is over, like, there's a certain heartbreak that goes along with that um, of just thinking about all the seniors and all the teams and the people affected by this. And, you know, while in my personal opinion, I think it was obviously the right call. If we can save lives by doing this, that's obviously um, the right thing to do. But, you know, my heart is really hurting right now for all of the people that are going to be affected by this. And it goes beyond sports. It's your proms and graduations and senior trips and those things that you want to experience as a high school kid that that you now don't get to experience or have to experience in a different way you're right and you and i have have both been in contact with a number of athletes and and coaches even administrators about this and and some of the athletes um while they're heartbroken they just kind of look back on all the fond memories that they've had and that's what's kind of keeping them going right now as far as keeping their spirits up when otherwise, no doubtably, um, they're down. But you're right. I mean, this impacts more than just their high school season. For for a lot of these kids, prom, graduation, what is commencement going to look like? Right. Um, you know, that happens in mid-June around here. So um, it breaks your heart um, for these kids in spring sports, um, especially the seniors. Right. I will say one of the things that I've talking with some of these athletes that has been, I think, a positive in this is how social media has allowed kids to connect and keep in touch with each other. Um, I was talking with uh, Mia Tamio uh, out at Ridgefield Softball, and she talked about just how they all have a group chat, the Ridgefield Softball team, and they, they send memes and share with each other every day. They, they check in, and she said, uh, her dad said, I don't know how we would have done this 30 years ago. You know, like being isolated to your home without being able to communicate with your friends in any sort of way. I think that's a real positive. Have you seen with your um, with your um, athletes out at Columbia River and um, your head coach out there? Have you seen that type of positivity come through of people reaching out and reaching back and forth to to keep kids um, know that you still care about them? I guess. 
Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I mentioned this before in this podcast. Uh, this was my third season as an assistant track coach out at River. And, and I've been doing my best to just keep in touch with my kids, not only just with the workouts that we were providing them, hoping that they would still stay um, in shape for a season that we, again, had this, the smallest of hopes that would resume, but just check in and with, just with their mental health. And, and that's so so big in, in this day and age. And, and so many families, um, so many parents of my kids have been impacted uh, with business closures and all that. Just, you know, something every day or every couple of days just to check in and say, how are you doing? And, and that's been a very positive response with them. Right. I was on the phone with Graham Moody earlier today. Um, as we're recording this, this is a Tuesday, I think. Days get lost. In it's the, just uh, day, Jack. <laughs> you know, just, it's just day. It's not Monday. It's not Tuesday. Okay. Every day, it's just day. And I know. They all blend together. I don't know if it's a Sunday or a Thursday. It's, it's crazy. But I was on the phone with Graham Moody, and I think he offered really good perspective, especially coming from a 16-year-old, was for the for the, you know as he was heartbroken for the seniors and a lot of these mountain view teams that he thought were really really good this spring including the boys golf team that would have been able to have a run at the at the state title he he also offered perspective for the younger kids of having a chance to reset and relax and refocus that energy and learn um, new skills and he's reading a lot more and he's getting in touch with friends he hasn't talked to as much as he should have because in the past those hours would have been spent on a golf course um, Graham Moody uh, is a fabulous golfer junior golfer at uh, Mountain View and, and he's like champion. Not forget and, that. Champion. Um, and he's like you know it's 70 degrees out today and I would have been at a golf course and instead I'm sitting here reading a book you know those type of things um, offered some really good perspective of we're able to do things um, in quarantine that we wouldn't necessarily be able to do. And I hope more athletes and a lot of athletes around the area are, are looking at that in a positive light as, uh, in a similar fashion to Grant. You know, you mentioned the social media aspect. And another thing I wanted to highlight was just seeing all of the virtual workouts that are being done. Yeah. Um, everything from Columbia River Volleyball to Skyview Baseball. There's been yeah. a number of football coaches who have posted workouts and, and a number of videos posted by their athletes of what exactly they're doing. And just because you don't have access to a gym doesn't mean you can't do a workout. And it's just amazing to see um, a number of these kids and, and what they're doing to, to stay in shape. Right. I think it really shows, too, how bonded the sports community as a whole is. Like you see people reaching out and supporting one another, um, even, you know, from from football to spring sports. It seems like all the coaches are are in it together. You wrote a story recently about a couple of football coaches starting a T-shirt business and being able to grow that business in this time. That was really interesting. So it's definitely opening us up, I think, as sports writers to different stories that we might not have otherwise had a chance to tell as well. You're right. And for us, even though um, there's no high school sports to report on, we're kind of having to dip into the uniqueness and creativeness factor as far as trying to, to come up with um, unique stories. Um, like you mentioned, the T-shirt story, um, Prairie head coach Mike Peck and uh, Kalama's head coach Sean McDonald came together about a month ago to start uh, a T-shirt business putting um, offensive plays and defensive safety. Uh, set bases on on t-shirts isn't that fabulous like it's really seen cool <laughs> and i would love to have my favorite play on a t-shirt that's just so fabulous so what is your favorite football play mag uh, i'm putting you on the spot here my oh shoot, my favorite play 
anything in the spread offense. I'll say, I'll tell you the offense that I don't that I hate to see is the Veer, right? <laughs> I hate to see. I mean, you're going to offend some old school coaches here now. And and, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> That's not fun football to watch. I mean, it's productive football. What going? What twenty three plays, twelve minutes? I once yeah. saw. I once saw. Um, I think it was North Beach versus Kalama. I saw North Beach take uh, 11 and a half minutes and 19 plays to score a touchdown. And the whole first quarter was over. Was that like, must have been the fastest football game ever. It was great. It was That's great. what I will say, though. I mean, we saw that with Camas football last year when they obviously had probably the best offensive line in Clark County history. Um, you just run the ball. Run the ball. There was there was a couple of plays in their state semifinal game where it took you know eleven twelve minutes off the clock. So yeah, yeah but um, anything in, in the in the in spread power spread that I'd have to say that. Okay, you're after Mike Peck's heart there. Well, I just I you know you got to make it exciting. You know, make it exciting for the fans, for the kids, uh, for the media members who are at your games. But um, any anything in the spread, yeah. Okay. I, I'm a I'm actually a big fan of a really well run wing tee. I know wing tee gets a lot of crap, but a really well run wing tee. Look at like Mount Baker's wing tee up north in in Deming, Washington, outside of uh, outside of Bellingham. That is a cool wing tee to watch. You never know who has the ball. Like you're you're totally off in a different part of the field, and you're like, oh, that guy doesn't even have the ball. A good wing tee is awesome. Yeah. Isn't it interesting how we always come back to football, Meg? And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we got football coming up now in what, five months, right? Yeah, that's our next sport, right? Yeah, Hopefully. yeah exactly. But, you know, you mentioned the wing tee. You're right. I mean, an established, well-run wing tee. You look at the powerful Bellevue programs over the years under Butch Goncharoff. You look at Sid Otten's teams at Tumwater. You know, Tumwater, they start learning in youth football to play uh, wing tee in second grade. Yeah. How well skilled do you think they are at the wing tee by the time they're ninth graders, huh? Yeah, great. That's why they're so good. If you are if you run a nice, disciplined wing tee, it's unstoppable. Unstoppable. <laughs> okay, back to spring sports. Back to spring sports. <laughs> we are, I will say this, we are we're very fortunate as sports writers to still be employed and still have have a job here at the Columbian. I think uh, I'm very proud of what the Columbian has done through this. A lot of sports writers are not as fortunate as we have been. So um, if you know a sports writer, reach out, thank them for their work. You know, a lot of them are in very uncertain times right now. Absolutely. Amen. So um, as far as spring sports go, though, who were some of the, the athletes or an athlete or, or a team that you were really excited to see this season? So I'll start. Um, I'll give you my team that I was looking forward to, and I'll give you an individual. So I will start um, with the individual first. And this is a guy that I've mentioned on this podcast before, Trey Knight out at Ridgefield. Um, he's the, he was or is uh, the two-time defending champion in, in the two-way boys shot put and discus. He was going for state history this spring. Um, no thrower um, across any classification has won three titles in both the shot or the discus. And I truly believe he would have done so. And I think you have to look at Trey and not only what his marks have been in his career, but his state uh, championships. And he without a doubt, could be maybe the top one or two throwers in state history. There's a kid out in Linwood in the mid-90s named Ben Lindsay, who was just an absolute beast of a thrower, um, particularly in the discus. He was 200-foot discus thrower, just a, an absolute beast. But I think Trey is right up there. He's headed to USC next year on a track and field scholarship. But um, 
he is one that, that I was looking forward to most to seeing if he could uh, accomplish state history. And the team I was looking forward to most, I really wanted to see what Skyview Baseball was going to do. This is a team that reached at the Final Four last year and returned a really, really strong nucleus, led by Cooper Barnum, who's headed to Washington State on a baseball scholarship. But this, this team seemed to have all the right mixings for a state championship run in 4A, and, uh, and unfortunately, we won't see how that pans out. Right. Yeah, that's um, yeah, it's just frustrating to see some of these teams. The one that sticks out to me is Mountain View Soccer. I got to watch them in an early spring practice and it was um, it was a very cold one. But they were they were at that point, they were passing around and moving and just so technically sound. They were light years ahead of any team I've ever seen at that point in the season. Like they were playing like May soccer and it's March like that that team was just so super talented coming off of a final four appearance returned basically everybody just a couple missing pieces um elijah thompson in the midfield nathan purvis up top and chris grows as well it was just it was it was just a team i was really looking forward to i think they had a shot at the state title and i know dustin coach dustin johnson thought that as well he was at that time when it was kind of uncertain whether the season would happen or not he was worried that it won it because he was so excited to see what that team could do that's the one that's going to stick out to me the most and then the other one is is mountain view softball as well to stick with uh, uh, in mountain view um sydney brown and that squad uh, after going uh, to the semifinals last year was really set to make some noise again um, you know, Sydney Brown had a great b- battle last year with uh, Brooke Nelson out at Bonnie Lake, and um, now she's the only you know big time three A pitcher left. She's a Western Washington University commit uh, in that three A rank, and um, I think they could have really done a, some really cool things um, this year with, with with that softball team. So those are the two teams that certainly stick out to me. But as we know how sports go, there would have been teams that pop up all over the place, and athletes that pop up that you know we would have gotten to know their names pretty well that, you know, now we have to to wait or maybe not, not get to see those names pop up. No. And and you said it too, is there's so many of those kids that we won't know and we won't see what they could accomplish. There's a number of kids who are first time starters or maybe even first time varsity athletes that, that we won't know about, unfortunately, or, or even write about. And that's, and that's the side sad piece for us. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, for a lot of these top athletes, uh, life continues as uh, or sports continue for them in the college ranks. But for the athletes whose seasons um, come to a close, you know, uh, our hearts, our hearts go out to you. And we 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 wish we could have seen you guys in action one more time. But uh, this is this is the way things go in a in a global pandemic. Yeah. No, you said it. Amen. So um, I think that's about a wrap on um, episode 29 of the Full Circle Podcast. Like we said, Meg and I are hunting for stories. So feel free to tweet at us. I am at JTHeart23 on Twitter. Meg is at Meg Wachnick. Our emails are all over 360preps.com. So if you want to email us story ideas, uh, just let us know. What, what stories should we be telling? What are you interested in hearing? Um, what would you like if this podcast um, comes out you know, on a semi-regular basis through this? What would you like to see? Who would you like to hear from? Let us know, um, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll still be active. We'll still be around. Yep, we're, we're still here. Right on. Awesome. That's all. You can't do anything about yesterday, and the only way to improve tomorrow is but by what you do right now.
John Wooden.